Hey, everyone. Thanks, as usual, for listening to our show. As usual, check out our Twitter, at Midcourt Madness, and check out our website if you feel like doing some good reading, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are going to talk about the offseason that has been the offseason of the transfer portal, but not to be outdone by the players, Biggs. Coaches are also transferring. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of coaching uh, movement in this offseason. The coaching carousel, as they like yep. to call it, has been in full effect. Lots of big jobs coming open, which means a lot of smaller jobs then open up. It's it's quite the trickle down. So yep. a, a lot of movement. You're right. So yeah, we decided we're going to dedicate an entire show just to the coaching carousel because frankly, we're running out of topics. Here. All right, Biggs, today's winners and losers is going to have a different theme. We're going to focus not on what has happened since our last pod, which was last Monday, but what has happened as far as winners and losers just with coaching over the offseason. Ooh, okay. So while the games may not be going on, teams are still winning and losing. And coaches and conferences. Coaches and conferences are still winning and losing. Okay, who's your winner? My winner is Wes Miller. Because he gets his stepping stone. He started off coaching at uh, UNC Greensboro. And he was a guy who was in that top. He's probably the the second choice behind Hubert Davis. Didn't quite get that job. He's probably just looking for that stepping stone. Which job are we talking about here? Wes Miller? Yeah. Oh, uh, some... They went a lot of natties and stuff. You can mention it this episode. I'll allow that. It's uh, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. North Carolina. Yes, yes. The Tar Heels. They won a lot of titles. Wes, Wes Miller wanted the North Carolina job. Yes, I, I believe so. Anyway, he probably interviewed for it, but he lost out on the, you know, he's like the he's like the middle child, whereas Hubert Davis was like the favorite child, you know. Yeah. So Hubert Davis gets that job. Wes Miller ends up going to Cincinnati, gets his stepping stone, goes from whatever conference UNC Greensboro is to the AAC, which is a slightly better conference and could be a stepping stone towards a bigger job. You said something there that that really perked my interest in that he may be the middle child. Where does that met, like line of thinking come from? What is that? Like, obviously, the favorite child is, is the first child. Then you've got maybe the baby of the family, which also kind of gets special treatment. What is that middle child? Because I, I my, it's just my like, lovely wife is is the baby of her family, and well, they have like they, how they many like kids her, are in that family? They like know, her so a lot. Is there five? Five. Okay. Yeah, but she's she's mentioned that before. Like sometimes, yeah. There's there's kind of she's definitely a, there's middle child thing going on there. Like, what does that mean? What is the middle child? Is I think, that someone who's at a disadvantage? I think the assumption is the middle child is almost the forgotten child, the one that doesn't get enough attention. Been there, attention. been there, done that. Right. Way. Like the first one, obviously, like they started off with all the attention. And then yeah. the last one's going to have the most recent attention. Sure. And then the middle child is just left in the middle. Those forgotten years where yes. it's just like we're just kind of on cruise control yes. through this. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And that was family matters with Biggs and Smalls. Yeah. Back, well, back to your point. I agree. Wes Miller is definitely is definitely the winner because that, that was my that was my contention with his maybe candidacy for that North Carolina job. If you, if you rewind here a couple of months ago, yeah. when when the North Carolina job was open and Wes Miller, even even months before the North Carolina job was open, yeah. there were always kind of talks like, "Ooh, could, it might have been West our first Miller, episode." To be honest, I think it yeah, was. we talked about it last week, right? Where all these. People who have made kind of a brand talking about successor rankings. Mm-hmm. 
And when North Carolina comes up, Wes Miller is always one of the first names to come up. And, and my, and my beef with that was, I just don't know if you can jump from UNC Greensboro to UNC. I think that that leap is you're skipping a stone there. Um, Cincinnati's a, a really, really good stone. I, I don't like calling that a stepping stone mm-hmm. because that could be a job that you that you stay at for a really long it time. Could be. But I think that is one of the jobs where if if you're leaving, you're leaving for something really, really good, yeah. like North Carolina or Kansas or whatever, like well, some of these big time jobs. It, it's very, it's very, very in the like second tier of college hoops jobs, right? It's it's a really good job, but it's not maybe an elite job. Well, think about. You know, I'm not saying he's going to become John Calipari, but where was John Calipari before? Memphis. Memphis. It's a very similar job. Same league now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a great town. And I think he's off to a pretty good start in terms of uh, on the transfer portal and, and in recruiting and stuff like that. He's done a pretty good job of of not only taking a couple of guys from, from Greensboro, a couple of transfers that he was going to bring in. He's kept a few guys from Cincy. A lot of the guys left that previous program, but a, but a handful of them stayed. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we look in three, four, five years and Wes Miller's name is popping up again here on on big-time coaching jobs when, when some of these other jobs might start opening up again. Yeah. That's that's funny that you mentioned Wes Miller because my winner, John, yeah. is the SOCON. Southern okay. Con- the Southern is that conference, the conference? Okay. The conference that Wes Miller is now leaving. Because in the last three years, the SOCON has gotten Mike Young, current head coach at Virginia Tech, he was the coach at Wofford when they had uh, – who was that goo, the funny the funny shot? Uh, Mike Jones? Are you saying Mike Jones? No, Mike? no, Mike Young is the head okay. coach. He was the coach at Wofford when they when they went to the second round of the tournament here a couple of years ago. Okay. He was the coach. Virginia Tech hired him away. Steve Forbes was the coach at um, – You're looking at me like I know. I know. <laughs> I think you're just looking at me, so I search it for you. Well, he's the he's the current coach of Wake Forest, but Steve Forbes was the coach at East Tennessee State. This isn't him. No, that's that's that, 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 that's a that's a hedge fund manager. Forbes. Like. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Okay, well, Steve Forbes was the head coach at East Tennessee State the last couple of years. Was another one of the powerhouse teams in the SoCon over the last kind of decade. Uh, Forbes is a, a previous Bruce Bruce Pearl uh, assistant. Went to East Tennessee State, dominated in that league for a while. Wake Forest comes, takes him. Steve Forbes is now at Wake Forest. You're three in a row now. Wes Miller, who has been really, really good among kind of those two guys. Those three programs have really kind of dominated the SoCon. So is the SoCon becoming the the league that you look to pluck coaches out of? It, it seems that yeah. way. Yeah, it absolutely, I think, is. And, and, and yeah, so three years in a row now, these coaches have taken – their teams in the SoCon and they've, and they've parlayed those into to two ACC jobs and a, and a high end American athletic conference job in Cincinnati, which the AAC is, I don't know if it's necessarily one of like the, it's not a high major conference, no. but, but I think Cincinnati it, is it's probably a, tier, a high it's major a tier, job, right? Tier two A conference. Oh yeah. yeah. Two tier two lowercase a uppercase, uppercase B job. <laughs> I like that. But anyway, yeah, I, th- I think the SoCon, and, and it's going to keep being that because I think the the next the head coach at Furman right now, Bob Ritchie, they've kind of, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if in two or three years his name comes up as one of these coaches. He's an, he's an up-and-coming, he's in his late 30s. He's a younger coach who's, who's kind of rising in the ranks. And the replacement at Greensboro here, 
What's what's his name again? The the, the Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Radford guy. <laughs> exactly. Did a pretty good job at Radford. So I think he's got a chance to have some success at Greensboro and and continue moving on up too. So I think the SoCon not only do they get rid of three of the the coaches who have kind of dominated the league. It's good pub for your league when these coaches are parlaying those into big-time jobs. Mm-hmm. I agree. You got a loser? I do. Okay. And I'm going to have to, like, figure out how to word this here, but the Miller family ex- outside of West Miller. We're the, you, we're the Millers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Underrated movie. People don't talk about that. Movie. It is a good it's movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Other it's people, too? One guy. Yeah. Who's that dude? <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then there's that one good meme that's come out of it where it's like the kid like being like, oh, we, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so true. Yes. But anyways, right. the Miller family, except for Wes Miller, are my losers. Because the brothers, Sean and Archie, Ooh. both getting shit canned this year. Yeah, Archie at Indiana for just not living up to the high Indiana expectations, which have been like the past five coaches who have not lived up to it. Yeah, I wonder if that that's maybe a... Maybe that's telling. Just Indiana coaches suck. Um, and then Sean Miller, you know, they released the tapes and now he's fired. Great. Yeah, talk about and talk about. I mean, losing two really good jobs. I mean, Arizona and Indiana are probably if you're ranking college basketball jobs, are probably what in the top top twenty each, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona's as good as it gets out in the West Coast, and yep. or out west, and Indiana is still considered kind of a top end Big Ten job. It's crazy to think like five years ago, these two guys where they were. I mean, Sean Miller was considered like a lot, a lot of the, every list that would come up, best coach not to be in the final four. Yeah. And Sean Miller was like the frontliner of that list. And Archie Miller was crushing it at Dayton. Every year they would get into the tournament and be in like that first four, they'd win. And mm-hmm. I think he had like two or three years there where he went to like the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight at Dayton. You know, people forget Dayton was very good here before Obi Toppin. That was a school mm-hmm. that existed before he was there. And they probably would have been in one seed that. There's this a, last there's, year, there's like a pandemic or something, right? That's right. Yeah, there was. Um, and like the tournament got canceled. It's crazy. It wasn't. What the year before that? Uh, we'll get into that later. Okay. All right. <laughs> we we have a reason to get into that later. Sweet. <laughs> I think that yeah, that's great. I mean, the Millers had a had a rough off season, and I'm trying to think, did Archie Miller pop up somewhere else? Because I I do think, I think he's got some coaching chops. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't know if he. I think it's an Indiana thing, right? I mean, some guys are just not great fits at certain schools, but. I wouldn't be surprised if R.G. Miller turns up somewhere. Um, yeah, I think his name was kind of in the mix for like that Cincinnati job. So Miller mm-hmm. on Miller crime there maybe a little yeah. bit. But I think he's going to probably end up rebounding because he's not that old. He's like 42, no. 44, something like that. So, I mean. Sort of like a mid-major, like a Cincinnati type job opens up and then look for really either one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, in have you ever seen the, the, the Batman trilogy or the Dark Knight trilogy? Sure. You, I don't watch superhero movies. We talk about this all the time. Batman's not a superhero. He's just a regular hero. <laughs> you haven't seen The Dark Knight? I've seen The Dark Knight. I don't remember anything about it, but that was ages ago. With the Joker? Yes. I can't believe you haven't seen all those movies. I have not. They're terrific movies. Should but, I watch them? But one, yeah, you absolutely should. Should we do like a live stream on our Midcourt Madness YouTube page where we are just watching movies and people can join in? That'd be a great trilogy to start with. Yeah. You got The Dark Knight. No. You have Batman Begins. Then it's Dark Knight. Then it's the Dark Knight Rises. But but one of the one of the, the kind of underlying themes of, of those movies is it's it's not about 
getting knocked down. It's, it's how you get back up again. Oh, you know, the Millers have been knocked down. We'll see if they can get back up. Okay. Who's your loser? My loser is people who hate their families. Kind of a similar, uh, the Miller brother. We're, we're really in, in kind of a family thing. We're in sync here together today, yes. which I kind of like. Yes. Not only are we fun, but we are adorable. Yeah. And cute. Anyway, people who don't like their family because the theme around so many of these coaching hires this off season has been what? In the family. Keep it in the family. Exactly. If you hate your family, this is driving you insane. Now, I don't hate my family. I actually really do like my family, especially my lovely wife. She's amazing, and she makes my life better in every way. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that under uh You're not, under overco- you're not yeah. overcompensating? I'm not saying that under duress. From how we take jabs at her in the first five minutes? We're at 15 minutes almost. It's true. We've been awfully nice. We'll yeah. see. She's probably not going to listen anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's been such a – I feel like you hear that now. Every single coaching job, right? North Carolina was all about in the family. Uh, Duke, even though they don't have quite a new coach yet, but it's we got to keep it in the family. Arizona, they were up in arms. All their players were basically ready to revolt against the program. All their former players were ready to, to cancel Arizona because they didn't keep it in the family. Right? We'll see how that one plays out. All these all these programs want to keep it in the family now. Michigan kind of kept it in the family with Juwan Howard a couple years ago. That's becoming a huge deal, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's hard to know right now to come up with like a with like a strong it's working or it's not working because it's obviously working with John Howard. We'll we'll see if it works with some of these other coaches. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll just it'll be very interesting over the next handful of years to see is the young family thing really is that is that just kind of in now is that kind of a phase that we're in mm-hmm. or is that or is that kind of here to stay? Yeah, maybe once maybe a guy like Hubert Davis. I hope it doesn't happen, but maybe he fails. Does that and the in-the-family thing at North Carolina, or do they then go to West Miller? Right. And, yeah, it's like an, extent, an extension of the family. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe it does work out, and then other programs continue to fall in line with that, keeping it in the family thing as well. It yeah. becomes just everywhere. We'll Basically, like, your, your prerequisite for getting a coaching job is to have played at that school. It's the only way. Maybe. Yeah. I hope not. I know. All right, so let's get into some coaching changes, Biggs. Um, I don't know how you want to do this. You have, like, a theme. You want to, like, pick who's, like, most lined up for success, stuff like that, or do we just want to go down the list here? Go down. Let's start with, start with some of the bigger jobs because there were obviously some big knocker jobs that came open. Yeah, okay. So let's start uh, Let's start with Lon Kruger. You know, a common theme as I was, you know, making my cheat sheet here is it's really a chain reaction on how these jobs, you know, go about. The first – Events. It's like a co- event, like a cause and effect type thing. The like first dominoes. Yes, exactly. The pizza. Decent pizza. Yeah, yeah. now I'm hungry. Um, but Lon Kruger retires, so obviously Oklahoma job opens up. Who do they hire? Sort of a rising star the past few years, a, a Final Four with Loyola Chicago about what four or five years ago, and then um, was able to get an eight seed out of and like really was able to get everything he could out of Cameron Crutwig, who just frankly doesn't even look like a basketball. It's weird. And so Oklahoma goes with Porter Moser. I like it. I think uh, Moser's obviously had great success at Loyola Chicago. He's a, one of those weird – there aren't a lot of mid-major coaches with his kind of career path because he was a mid He was a coach at like – I don't know where he was before Loyola Chicago, but he had flamed out. Like he was at like Illinois State maybe. Yeah, Illinois State. So and, he, and he wasn't particularly successful. So he's not like one of these mid-major coaches that's there for like two or three years, just racks up insane win numbers, and they're 37 years old, and now they're getting a job. Like 
he's he's been around a little while longer, so he's he's a little more experienced. I'm curious to see if that benefits. I tend to think that'll benefit him as he mm-hmm. takes the jump to the next job. Um, he's a, just a terrific defensive tactician. I mean, his defenses at Loyola Chicago have been mm-hmm. have been absurdly good, and, and he plays the kind of style that will allow, I think, him to win with without you know super high end talent at Oklahoma, which which generally. You're just not going to draw huge talent. You're going to, you know, yeah. they get like their Trey Young and Blake Griffin. They've had some some really good players, but I, I don't think that's a year in and year out. It's he's not going to be a one and done factory, right? Yeah. And you know, I'm looking at their, you know, leaving and coming in, and like they do lose a lot of players. They really score Austin Reeves, Davion Harmon. We've talked about transfers to uh, to Oregon, and then Brady Manick transfers to North Carolina. Three of their better you know, rotational guys. Top three scores, yes. But they do have some good guys coming in, sort of some mid-major transfer. We talked about the Burroughs brothers before. Yeah. Um, they have some couple four-star recruits coming in also. So the cupboard isn't bare for him, but it's definitely gonna be a different it's gonna be a different environment for him for sure. Going yeah. from, you know, um well, Chicago to the Big Twelve. Yeah, well Northern Iowa and Drake are your top two competitors, and now you're you're going up against Kansas and Bill Self, uh, in Texas, you know, and Baylor and these kind of teams. Yeah, it's going to be different, and I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma is one of those jobs though, where it's where it's like they win a lot, but I don't think it's like they're expected to be the favorite in the Big Twelve every year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in that league, just the way it is, someone's got to finish eighth, ninth, tenth, just because it's so good. Like they've had their stars, obviously. They've had yeah, they've like had really Blake good years. Griffin, Trey Young, they've had Buddy Heald. Yep, you know they've had terrific teams, but I don't. I don't think it's like this. It's like this hotbed of like. If he doesn't come in and, and light it up right away, like he's on the hot seat all of a sudden. Right. I think they've got some runway. And I do think he's set up to do okay next year. Yeah, I think so too. So. And then they basically tabbed uh, Drew Valentine. Um, very young Drew Valentine. He's like 28, 29 years youngest, old. Youngest coach in Division One now, yeah. I believe. Um, you know, younger brother of Denzel Valentine. Indeed. They basically look like twins. They, you could tell me they're twins, I believe. You could tell me they're the same person. Yeah, I don't know. If, has anybody <laughs> ever seen Drew Valentine and Denzel Valentine in the same room? At they the have same that time? same exact gap in the front teeth. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Yeah, their face is just shaped the same way yeah. too. He played at. Did he play at IUPUI? I believe in college as well. He was. Yeah. He was a player. Maybe Oakland. Who's in that? Not Oakland, like out west, like Oakland. Oh yeah, the, the Oakland College. Where is that? We talk. About, it's not in it's California. In, is it whatever Michigan? league? It's it's in yeah, it's in Michigan, Michigan I believe, yeah. or Ohio, or something like that. We're not we're not we're not geometry guys. Majors, yeah, yeah. I don't but he he played in college, and so I mean he's got some experience, and he's been at Loyola for a while, and and by all accounts, Loyola is actually going to be maybe the favorite in that league again next year. So like, he's set up to uh, to have some success immediately as well. It'll be interesting to see. A lot of people consider him kind of a rising star in the coaching world as well. So we'll see if we'll see if he can have success right away at Chicago. Yeah. You know, another one I want to get into bigs here, and I know this one hits very close to home for you because we have talked and texted about this quite a bit. And I know you don't like this one, but Richard Pitino obviously gets fired. Yeah. And they bring in a foreign player, Ben Johnson. Who, by all accounts, is a guy who, I don't know if it's you or someone else who told me this, has a good relationship with recruits. I think, but isn't necessarily the greatest coach. I think their idea is let's just get someone who we think we can actually keep recruits in state, which has, has been a problem in Minnesota. 
It has. It has been an issue. The, the, the issue I have with Ben Johnson hire at the University of Minnesota, he played for Minnesota as well, if we want to keep the keeping him in the family exactly. kind of thing. He was an assistant under Patino for, for a couple of years. He left, he went to Xavier, and he was an assistant at Xavier over the last maybe two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, what's Xavier done over the last couple of years? Uh, they fight Cincinnati quite a bit. They fight Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. Again, the brawls with them. Been in more brawls with Cincinnati than NCAA tournaments. Could be. Haven't gotten any NCAA tournaments yep. since Chris Mack left. Um, what did Minnesota do while Ben Johnson was this high-end assistant? Not much. Nothing of note, right? No. So, not only is he he's not he's not he has no head coaching at any level experience. He's not exactly like lightning at like the programs he is at as an assistant. He's not exactly enriching those programs to new heights. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 we don't know if he can coach, yeah. right? Nobody knows if he can actually coach. But that's what a coach is there for. They're they're there to coach, right? We everyone's like when they hired him, everyone said it's going to be really important for him to assemble a staff. It's like I know this thing with John Howard where he hired Phil Martelli is becoming like this big thing where everybody just. Just get, just get somebody and then have them hire an assistant. Well, if the assistants are so damn important, why don't you just hire the assistant coach to be your head coach? coach yeah. You know, should your head coach be better at coaching than your assistant? I, I would think. Now, now, I get it. Assistants are important. You want to have guys who, who know what they're doing on the bench, and especially with a young coach, it's going to be important. This guy has no – he's never coached at a high major level. He's never coached at any level. Um, it, it, they're basically slaves to the AAU scene in Minnesota, and it, it drives me insane. And I know the talent in Minnesota, there's a lot of it. And it gets out of state because they have been completely incapable of keeping that talent home. But unlike the NBA, I can't stand when people say it's just all about talent in college. It's not. It's about culture. It's about, it's about cultivating, yes, talent, but fine-tuning different levels of talent. Like... After you look at any sort of recruiting service, and after the top 15 to 20 guys, you know, you and I could rank the top 15 to 20 guys in the country. After that, though, it's it's there's really not a huge gap. Mm-hmm. You know, your four-star guys are obviously better than some three-star guys. There's two-star guys that come out of nowhere and become really good players, too. It's The field is very flat, and it's about finding the coach that can figure out how to fine-tune that talent and develop it and turn those guys into players and, and, and establish a culture and develop uh, schemes and things like this. It's not just about picking, picking the, the best five guys out of a lineup and having them play. And, and I know it's, it's driving locals in Minnesota insane that, that Jalen Suggs gets away, Chet Holmgren gets away, Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, Gary Trent, on and on and on. McKinley Wright was a really big thorn in their side, really good stud player at Colorado who was like a three-star guy. These guys are in their backyard and they're getting away. And that's, and that's a problem. That's a thing that happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. No, no state keeps all of their top players. And it's just not, that's just not a thing. Um, and, and it feels like they hired this, this guy essentially entirely to recruit mm-hmm. local talent. What happens if local talent starts drying up? Sure. You know, like I, I don't think it's ever going to be like, there's no good players, but what happens when we don't have, this endless wave of five stars. What then? What you've made this head coaching hire to to recruit talent that isn't there anymore? Why, why not hire him as like the recruiting director instead? Right, he couldn't get the job at Northern Illinois. He that's he, le- that's a lesser job. Right, he was he was passed up for the job at Northern Illinois, and and he gets the job in Minnesota, and we're supposed to be excited about that. 
Because he's from Minnesota? He's one of you. Yeah, he's one of us. That's that's, that's the, about it. It's just it's exhausting. And yep. I, I hate I hate that one and done kind of thing. And and boy, they're they're they might be the worst team in division one basketball next year. They don't have a they don't have a division one player on their team. Well look at like who is left. I mean, basically their whole team. Whether it be one player is back. Isaiah Enan. Enan. And then they have got they've got guys who have performed, they've got some transfers. Looks like three of them who averaged about 16 or 17 points per game last year. But, I mean, this is George Washington. This is William & Mary. This is smaller low, low major schools, yes. guys coming in, and they're going to be expected to play big-time roles. Yeah. Yeah, it's just – it's scary. I mean, I hope – I'm a Gopher fan, so obviously I hope this works out, and I hope I hope he does well. I hope he does well because I want the team to do well. But I – there were so many candidates that I think we'll get into later here that I think they could have hired, and they've they're already losing they're losing guys to um, to other programs like Iowa. They've lost a couple of local kids to to Iowa State has made to their head coach is T.J. Otzelberger, who yep. who I don't think the Gophers ever wanted to hire, but T.J. Otzelberger hired the assistant coach from Northern Iowa, um, who is now the assistant at at Iowa State. He's very familiar with Minnesota. His name's Kyle Green. His kid is AJ Green, who's the stud at Northern uh, Northern Iowa. He's their best player. And all the all the talk is, Gophers are really going to have to figure out how to how to battle with with this Green. He really knows how to recruit Minnesota. There's a way around that. You hire that guy as your head coach, yeah. Or you hire the Northern Iowa head coach Ben Jacobson, who has Minnesota ties. He brings Kyle Green, who was his assistant at Northern Iowa, to be his assistant at Minnesota to recruit for Minnesota. Yeah, like off the top of my head, like I can. Think of two guys. You just mentioned one, Ben Jacobson, but also Craig Smith, who both have ties to the area. Yes, who probably would have been better fits. Have had actual head coaching success. Craig Smith with uh, Utah State, now going to Utah, and then Ben Jacobson, also from the Minnesota North Dakota area. Yeah, who both would have been better. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's, but who knows? Uh, maybe they weren't interested. I don't know. Maybe not. Talk, That's the thing that that we'll never know. They also, I'm sure, finances play a part in this. I mean, he's not getting paid. An incredible amount, and that's you know who knows with with COVID what the impact, how much money they were just willing to pony up for some of these guys. Um, I think Minnesota is going to be really bad, yeah. and I, I'll be curious to see how long. Do you think they get how a... long the one of us kind of flower stays on on uh, on Mister Johnson? Do you think they get um, a road victory this year? Hmm. Maybe in their non-con if they don't play anybody good. Maybe like a Nebraska or something. I mean, I think they're going to be the worst team in the Big Ten. I, yeah. I really do. I think okay. they will be the worst team in the conference. They'll be one of the worst teams. Like what what Iowa State and Nebraska have been the last couple of years at a high major level. I think Minnesota will be in that range. Play 30 games. Do, do they even win 10? I doubt Probably. it. You know. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Um. Let's see. We can also get into this little uh, cluster of, you know, what would Joe leave in Marquette, which leads to Shaka Smart and Chris Beard? But I think we've talked about that enough in past episodes. I don't know if there's really anything we can add to that one. Did Wojo end up anywhere? I don't think no. he got a job anywhere, no, which is odd. Maybe he just wants to take a year out. I see that a lot where I think coach get fired and I need like a year to just decompress. Yeah, they'll jump on ES- ESPN all air, I'm yeah. sure. You know, yeah. or the ACC network or something. Yeah, or Fox maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I-, I really do like that. I- I'm not a big Shaka Smart fan. Um, I wasn't a Shaka Smart fan when I was at BCU. I kind of thought he was a little overrated. There's no doubt. I do think he's a better coach, though, than 
I don't know how to phrase this. I, I do think he's still a quality coach. Yep. I don't think he's an elite coach, but I, I think he'll do a good job at Marquette, and I do think he's a better fit at Marquette. It's a similar level to the success he had at BC, like a similar level to him. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, the the Big East is a lot better than the A10, yep. which is what the what VCU was winning in. Um, but I do think he can get. I think Shaka needs he needs grinders, right? He needs like like the proverbial slap the floor kids that are gonna like just that are gonna pick up full court and grind and like aren't entitled. And for some reason at Texas, you're you're obligated to recruit a different level of athlete that might not have that same kind of mindset. And I think he'll have a better chance at Marquette. So okay. we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. Which other ones do we want to get into? We talked about Sean Miller getting fired. He's replaced by Tommy Lloyd. I think we talked about that one enough before. Hey, remember, he's like six five. Tommy, Tommy Lloyd. Lloyd. I think. Yeah. I think we looked that up. Isn't he like six four, six five? Let's find out. He's pretty tall. So there's obviously. I mean, the taller you are, the better looking you are. Well, no, that's not it. Oh, that's no, that's not no, it. That's yeah, not it. No. But the better coach. I mean, look at Phil Jackson. He was like six ten. True. Yeah. Very true. North Dakota guy there, or North Dakota Montana people argue about that one is north dakota i mean really north dakota montana like where does one end and the other begin uh at the border basically that's how that works yeah, yeah that makes sense okay oh he's six four six four okay yeah. so he's so he's probably listed at six five could be or awesome. do you think he's listed at six four and he's actually like six one and a half should they start listing coaches heights in the programs absolutely okay height and weight <laughs> another really tall coach that's actually on the outs larry kruskowiak just got fired at Utah. Yes. You just mentioned Craig Smith. Should we start on that one? Yeah, let's do it. Craig Smith um, obviously has had some success at Utah State, made the tournament this year, uh, was sort of one of the better mid-major teams this year. And he gets his first, you know, really big-time conference coaching job. Yeah. I wonder if – and I wonder if he was ever considered for, you know, other jobs closer to home like Minnesota. Maybe, maybe he just liked the Utah job better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was at Utah State, so I mean, maybe you know, there's there's some familiarity with the there. I don't know if he's really pumping out a ton of Utah recruits. I think he had a couple of Utah recruits on his Utah State team this past year, but it's not like that's exactly like a hot a basketball hotbed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's been just an awesome coach, though. Wherever he's gone, he's won at a big time level. I mean, he won a ton at at an NAIA level at at Mayville State, which is exactly a rich basketball school in, in North Dakota. Crush it at South Dakota. Uh, remember Matt Mooney was uh, one of the top guys with Texas Tech here a couple of years mm-hmm. ago when they went to the title game. He was he was the go-to guy for Craig Smith's teams at South Dakota. Um, and then he goes to Utah State and he goes to the tournament every year that he's there. They're yep. the best team, not the best team, but like one of the top teams in the Mountain West each of his, I think, three or four years that he's there. I just think the dude's got a he's got a really really good coach. He's got the type of uh, that kind of engaging personality that like people will will become a huge fan of. I I don't think I, I don't think he's going to have a problem getting players at Utah. And he's and he's the type of coach also who's there's no the Utah State. If you watch Utah State the last two years, two years ago their best player was Sam Merrill. He plays like a like a college version of like Luka Doncic. He's kind of a point forward type who just kind of controls the pace of everything. And they have a couple of other guards that are, that are really solid. They lose all those guys. And this year they go into just ground and pound mode where they have two beast guys up front uh, in Nemius Keita and Justin Bean. And they become the best rebounding team in the country and one of the best defensive teams in the country. The identity shifted almost completely in one year. And I mean, that shows that he's really adaptable. And I think yeah. 
he, he's always going to find a way to, to figure out what his strengths are. I think he's probably one of the, the 20 best coaches in the country. I, I think he's going to do a really good job at Utah. Yep. And he, he's going to have a little familiarity. Um, he's got two of his guys from Utah State transferring to Utah. Yep. Um, both average nine and ten points per game, Marco Anthony and Raleigh Worcester. Um, so he's going to have that in his back pocket. That's always a good thing. He does have, you know, Timmy Allen. We talked about him uh, transferring to Texas. That's going to be a big loss for Utah. Yeah. Um, and they got some couple other guys leaving, but it's a good thing he's got some of those, you know, players who he's already coached up coming with him. You know, you know, Marco Anthony. Yes. He played at Utah State. Did yes. you know that he actually transferred to Utah State from Virginia after their basketball program crumbled into nothing as the first ever one seed that lost to a 16 seed? They actually didn't crumble. Virginia never did anything after they actually, no, that. That's the crazy part, though. What do you mean? Are they back? A little bit. I mean, like, they won some ACC games again. After they lost to the one, they yeah. were the first ever one seed to lose to a sixteen. They won some ACC games. They may even have like a regular season or like conference tournament title. And mm-hmm. actually, the very next year, they won the national title. You can't make that up. Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, you know DeAndre Hunter, guys like that. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. After they won <laughs> the national title, they've lost. They lost to a sixteen seed as the one. They've never done that. Before. Number one overall. Season. That's that's the one overall. That's never happened, to my knowledge. Well. That's never happened that you follow it up with a national title. That's never happened either. Yeah. yeah. And then the next year was a pandemic. Right. Wow. What a run. I know. Speaking of that, should we get into the team that upset Virginia as is the first ever 16 seed, two beat a one seed? Well, funny how funny how that turns out. UNBC. Yeah. Who is their coach? Ryan Odom. That's right. Yeah. He has. I got to look this up now. Oh yeah, Complete that's circle. Yeah, that, that, that's actually the next step here. Yeah, that's the next step here, is because he's the new head coach at Utah State to replace Craig Smith. Yeah. Now, I actually have him. I should have put him as my loser, because it's like Utah State. I don't like, even when they win the turn a like, conference tournament title and make the dance. You know, they're never going to be a 16 seed. That's so true. Ryan Odom's just set up for failure here. What he can't win as a 13 seed? You kidding me? Even if he does, it's like okay, cool. You won as a 16 seed. What's the satisfying? What's satisfying about this? Like if he pulls off that 12-5 upset, it's like I mean, everybody picks that. We expected it. Like you already won as a 16 <laughs> seed. Seventy percent of betters put on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Duh. <laughs> of course you won. You're a 12 seed. You're better. You're right. Poor Ryan Odom. What's he doing? Got the priorities wrong. Um, that is an interesting hire though because. How do I make this sound interesting? I'm not really sure. I don't know. The only thing that I'm intrigued by that is you don't see a lot of mid-major coaches, at least to my knowledge, go to another mid-major job in a completely different geographical area. Are you talking about Ryan Odom? Yeah. I don't think UMBC is a mid-major, though. They're a low major. Are they a low major? Yeah. I get, yeah. I I have a hard time deciphering between... I I don't think it's a horizontal move. It's a... It's uh, a it's a it's an upgrade. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, that's true. It it is an upgrade. It's I guess it's it's peculiar though that he's going from Baltimore over to Utah. I mean, you're you're going way across the country there. Usually, you see these guys hop around. Like maybe if he's at UMBC, maybe he goes to maybe he goes to Greensburg. Yep. You know, he sticks in that kind of neck of the woods. Um, 
it'll be interesting, you know, and, and a lot of that is based in because these coaches get comfortable in this recruiting ground where they're, where they see these types of players and they get close to, you know, the coaches in the areas and stuff like that, which is a huge deal. Um, he's going over to Utah now. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we will see. Uh, let's see, what, what other ones can we get into? You talked about TJ Otzelberger earlier going from UNLV to Iowa State. Yeah. Um, and Iowa State's been a team that's been sort of the cellar dwellers um, in the Big 12 the past couple of years, uh, except, you know, they are in the best conference in college basketball. So they, True, they, they did they, get to win a national title yes, a couple they, years they, ago. Actually, it was this past, it was like a couple months ago, not a couple years ago. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, let's – but um, for Iowa State, you know, Steve Perome gets fired. Was he the coach who was there with, uh, I remember, like, DeAndre King and um, George Niang? Nope. Okay. That was that, that was the mayor, Fred Hoiberg. That's who that was. So Steve Perome comes in after that, and I mean, you see how Iowa State has been the past few years. They have nothing good. Yeah, he's, he's been, like, an on-again, off-again. Like, he's had a couple of good – he's had a couple of good years. Like, his first couple of years taking over immediately following – Hoiberg were pretty successful because he was winning with a lot of Hoiberg's guys. Exactly. He had one season here a couple of years ago where they had some some really solid recruits, and and they were like just underwhelming though. It's kind of like what you thought of Creighton this year, where you look at them and you're like, why is this team just not better? Like all the pieces they, they should fit, and they and they flamed out. I remember right a couple a couple of years ago, and then all those like Talon Horton Tucker was on that team. He's a Lakers guy. He's a Lakers guy. Yeah, everyone's obsessed with him. Le- Le- LeBron's probably going to trade him away. Probably. they lost. Yeah. yeah. If he played for the Orlando Magic, do you think you'd know who that is? No. No. 100%. Well, like, I don't know if this is a Kuzma thing, but Kuzma came out of nowhere, too. Utah guy. He's a Utah guy. That's another one, though. Classic case of if he played for, like, the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Would anybody know who that is? That's a random guy with uh, Eminem hair. Exactly. <laughs> He's tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> He's not actually good, though. Um yeah, Prom was he, he it was going nowhere and and fast. I don't know if Otzelberger's actually like a good coach. I mean, it's a great name though. I love that name. It is a good name. Otzelberger. Yeah. What's the better part of that name? The Otzel or the Burger? Do you think is it Ames, Iowa? Is that that's where Iowa State is? Do you think there's gonna be a restaurant that has a burger called the Otzelberger? Ooh, the Otzel or does he have to get a, like a, a few wins before he gets that treatment? I mean, which one comes first though? Maybe you need that burger to sell to recruits. So you look at it. We we love our co- great great family. We've We're, got we've yeah. got great support here. I've right. got a burger named after me. Yeah. You know I'm here to stay. What would be on an Otzel burger? Whatever he likes. Maybe, maybe he likes jalapenos on his burgers. You never know. Maybe mushrooms. Could be. What kind of cheese. Pepper jack cheese. Gravy. Cheese? Gravy. Gravy. Like like the poutine burger I had last night. Ooh. That was good. By the way. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't see yeah. that. You were done with that by the time I got there. That was good. Intriguing. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese. Ooh, that's a good burger. You ever seen that? I've seen ones with uh, um, like these macaroni and cheese, like fried bites. You know, you know the ones you get on like appetizer menu. They put those on the burgers. Ooh, those are good. On the burger, yeah. Put anything on a burger these days. You gotta find a way to like you know put like some something. Ooh, here's to keep it together. Here's a question: Have you ever had peanut butter on a burger? No, but they do that. I know at uh, at like JL Beers, you can do that. You gotta try it. It's good. You can get peanut butter to go there. Really? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while since I've been to JL Beers, but. I don't see the point in that. Why no, just it's probably some, cheaper go, to go get buy at, some Jif. It's know? probably cheaper to get at a grocery store. Like the same thing you pay for one of those Jif, you know, containers is probably what you'll pay for a little dipping cup of. Peanut probably. Butter. Do you like putting peanut butter on your burger I though? Do. It's good. Yeah. I've never tried it. It's, it's not good. like pineapple on pizza. Pineapple pizza is also great. 
What? You're not a pineapple on pizza guy? No. This just this oh, this secures it. We can't date. It's a dating red flag. So. I know. Wow. I'm a pineapple on pizza guy. Oof. Sure. Wow. Yep. All right. Give it to me. Anyways. Well, luckily opposites attract. You know, we can move on. That's that's dating advice right there. Yeah. So you want to hang out later? Sure. Okay. I'm down. All right. What are we talking about? I have no idea. Oh, Otzelberger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Iowa State, it seems like they've picked up some pretty good recruits. They've got a decent group coming in, although they've lost some guys too. So I really have no idea with uh, the amount of turnover. They obviously didn't have much to keep anyway because they were really, really bad. They mm-hmm. lose Rasir Bolton and Coleman Lands, a couple guys who were, you know, two of their better guys. Jalen Coleman Lands is like 28 years old. Yeah. So they get a lot younger. Yep. Um, and Rasir Bolton, I believe, is going to Gonzaga, where he'll probably he might come off the bench for them, even though he's the leading scorer at Iowa State. One guy I see. Okay, I see Tristan Enaruna. Isn't there an Enaruna? Is that the Kansas guy? Okay, that yeah. Might be. yeah, yeah. So why he's not listed as a transfer? They just list his points per game. But wasn't he sort of supposed to be a good player last year? And like, what if he just takes that next step and is actually a good player this year for Iowa State? Yeah, maybe he will be. Maybe maybe he becomes the guy that you know he just couldn't get off the bench at Kansas. And, yeah. You know, kind of like uh, like that Colin Castleton, who yeah. basically couldn't play at Michigan. He goes to Florida, and he's an all-SEC guy. So some guys just need that opportunity sometimes. So it'll be interesting because Anaruna, do you think he'll be confused during warm-ups, like where he's going in the layup line against Kansas maybe, and then he just kind of he, he like does his layup, and then he runs back around, and he goes to in line, and then he just keeps going all the way, and he gets in the other layup line, and he's doing a layup for the Kansas and he just team. Stays out of and he just keeps always <laughs> doing it like a big series. Like, man, I'm getting winded here in the layup line. Well, I hope he doesn't get winded because then, like, he'll be tired for the game and he won't be like his legs won't be under him. It's he, true. His shots will be short. Oh my god, he's probably set well. up for failure against Kansas. Yeah, that's true. He'll probably be he's sitting confused. on the wrong bench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? This is going to be the epidemic of transfer. Guys are going to be confused. Who's they're playing for? <laughs> uh, what else? Any other coaches that you uh, that you want to mention? Um. There's not a ton. One thing we you know, we talked about uh, this cluster that began began with Jim Christian being fired by Boston Boston College. Yeah, Earl Grant, college of Charleston coach, comes into Boston College. Not really a big name, but one name um, that I want to bring up is Pat Kelsey, who you know, I'm glad was, you did was the Winthrop coach. Is yeah. now going to college college of Charleston. Is that really an upgrade for him? Is that you know what I mean? Is that like a more a more better job. I have terrible way of phrasing it. A so more too, better job. Especially it's it's a English little teacher. bit better, but it's not that much better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think if you look at the salaries, it's probably significantly. He must have gotten a significant pay bump. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The only other Winthrop coach that I can remember is Greg Marshall, who went from Winthrop to Wichita State. Yeah, but that was when Wichita State was not like a, like a high major. It wasn't what it is or what it had been considered when he got it to that point, you know? So I don't know. I I think Kelsey is a terrific coach. I mean, he's been at Winthrop for like nine years, and and it's like they win 25 to 30 games every single year. This leads into something that I wanted to do with you, which is you you look at all these new coaches. We we, we talk about which ones are set up for success right now, which ones are inheriting good positions, which ones are – which one one of these young coaches – or not young coaches, but which one of these new coaches – uh, I'll ask a series of questions. Which which one do you think is at his new position and parlays it into a new, better job? Maybe the quickest. 
Quirkus, so say what, three, four years? That's probably a typical time frame. Maybe, as far yeah. as a quick time frame. Maybe, maybe even less. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Because I, I, I actually do think... We already talked about Craig Smith. I don't know. You could get better than Utah, obviously, and he's had success. He's parlayed every every shop he's ever been to into something better. Relatively quickly, yes. I'd say probably have to go with him. Um, it's probably cheating because we've already talked extensively about that. That's okay. Um, I can but, see Pat Kelsey yeah, being that guy. I, yeah, he played at Xavier. Xavier's coach, uh, who is it, Travis something? Tritt. Travis Tritt. <laughs> Xavier coach Travis. Yeah, it's a Travis, like Travis, Travis Scott, Travis Jones, Travis Steele. Travis Steele. He's only 39. Huh. Anyway, I could see Kelsey. I, I, I could see, I'm, I'm connecting kind of A to C here, and I'm kind of skipping the B spot. But I could see, I could see Xavier's job opening up in the next couple of years. Oh, Soon. I see you're saying Kelsey. I could see him being a – I could see him, if they want to keep it in the family, yep. going to a Pat Kelsey who maybe is kind – it's like a similar – He's 46. He does not look 46. No, he does not. It's like a – it's kind of like that diet North Carolina situation where Xavier might want somebody who's – I don't know. Can you go from Winthrop to Xavier? You probably can, but it's it's probably similar to like the West Miller thing where it's like, hey, get a, get a better stepping stone job. Yeah. Charleston probably represents that. But I could see Kelsey being a guy who, in the next couple of years, is in the mix for some other big time jobs. Yeah, Wes Miller too. Yeah. You know, I could have said that, but I feel like I've said that enough. Yeah, you probably could have. Um, what about a coach who you think is almost you know set up for failure? Yeah, which one of these coaches do we think is getting fired first? I'd go, and we haven't even talked about this one. Tony Stubblefield. DePaul's done nothing the past. Yeah, DePaul just kind of sucks, don't they? Yeah. The five years talking about the last like thirty years. True. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> yeah, I think that one. Yeah, sure. You're a bad team in a fairly good conference, the Big East. Yep. And you know he's assistant from Oregon. Um, which maybe that means he's like maybe he's the assistant or was the assistant under Dana Altman. So maybe that means like he's gonna have success. But with the Paul, like they don't have a good program to sort of like come in and just succeed right away. No, they do not. They don't. They don't have much talent. They don't have draw for new recruits. No, they're in the Big East, so they're going to get pummeled yep. by by quality teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that one. I could see um, who else? You know, like Earl Grant with Boston College. That's another. It's similar to DePaul in that your resources there. You're just you're not going to get a lot of talent. Yep. So like, you've got to basically win. You've got to really zag when, when other people are zigging. Boston College hasn't been good since the uh, Jared Dudley days. Yeah, when they're running that tight flex with Al Skinner yep. as their head coach. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, unfortunately, could you see, well, we've talked about it a little bit, if Hubert Davis really, really struggles with North Carolina. How many years? How long of a rope do they give? Define really, really struggles to me. Like missing the tournament. If it's been more like what it's been the last couple of years than, than the previous five or ten years, where yeah, they're fighting to make the tournament, they're barely getting in. If they're maybe an eight seed or something if they get in, they're kind of on the bubble, if not off the bubble entirely. If it's like consistent every year, 
like an eight seed or seven seed, almost like a Wisconsin type thing. I think they give him a longer rope than it should, and they let him stay at least five, six years. Okay, I do. Um, but if he if he misses the tournament, you know, two out of three years or two out of four years, I think he'll be gone. If he misses the tournament the first couple of years, yeah, I mean they're six, they're set up. I mean they should be pretty good they, next they, year. Like you know, on paper they do have a good roster. They do. Um, we, you and I, away from the show, always bitch and moan about Leaky Black, rightfully so. Um, but Curran Walton comes back. He's a great shooter. And why are we doing a North Carolina preview? You can't I'm, help yourself. Yeah, I know. I really can't. <laughs> I'll get off of it. Um, but like I. I could see them be like a six seed next year. Yeah, so he probably gets he probably curries enough favor. And also, like I guess when I think about this, I th- everybody always just naturally goes to well, Matt Doherty only took two years or three years or whatever it was. There's like a mutiny there. I don't know. But he was also, was. I think, kind of a an ass face. Yeah. Right. He he pissed a lot of people off, and I think that probably lost him. Oh, watch out! Yeah, stinker. Um. See, I don't think Hubert Davis is going to be an embarrassment like no. that, where that, that, you know, for better or worse, that's going to buy you more time. Yep. You know, who's, he's well-spoken. He is kind of one of us, so that sets, you know, you up nicely. Yep. Yeah, who else? Sorry for failure. Who's getting fired right away? Defined right away, like two years? Yeah, within with before three years, maybe. I can see Otzelberger just because I'm not really sure if he's actually like a good coach. I feel like he's gotten some good players in there. That's why I, think I, so too. I hesitate to say that. I, I agree. He does have, he's already got a couple of really nice recruits in 2022. Mm-hmm. He's got some decent recruits already for 2021. I could see, and we haven't even talked about this. I only put this one on here because, you know, Evelyn Christian did have, you know, that upset in the first round against Texas. And that's probably what got Joe Golding his job at UTEP. But UTEP, I mean, they're nothing. That's true. I don't think not since the Glory I, I, Road. Right. Sure. Remember the movie Glory Road? You never saw that? The first coach to ever like play you know, start five African American kids. That was, wasn't UTEP. That was that uh, was what was it Texas Southern? No, I believe it was UTEP. Doesn't it? It was it, well, it was no. Texas. It was Texas something, and then they ended up turning into UTEP. Oh, is that what the story? I think. So yeah, that, that is the movie I'm thinking of. Yeah, great movie. Texas, Not a bad. That's a pretty Southern. good sports movie, wasn't it? Yes. People don't talk about it enough. I don't think so either. It's kind of underrated. Is that? Oh, Texas Western. Maybe. Yeah, Texas Western. And so then they is, it Texas, into, is Texas Western? That's what it was. Yeah, and then I think it, it turns into Texas El Paso. If I'm not mistaken. It is Texas Western. Okay, not Texas Southern. So yeah, that is that school. Okay. So um, I think it's just what got him the job was that one game basically against Texas. And now he's going into a program that has, hasn't really had much success anyways. It's true. So, so, like, so like what, you know? Yeah. So I think he's going to be the first to be fired. Um, but I think that's probably not a huge surprise anyway. How about Denzel, Val- How about Denzel Valentine's brother? Drew. Not fired, but do you think he could parlay it into a bigger job in the next couple of years? Well, they got – is it basically everyone but Crutwig returning? I think so. Most guys, pretty much. But right. like, Crutwig was kind of the whole team, wasn't he? he? Was. Kind of the fulcrum of that squad. It's like taking Jokic off the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Um, maybe. I, I know I'm supposed to have hot takes here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think either he stays there for you know, ten years and has mild success, or I don't think he 
you don't think he's. You know, I, I don't think he does a port better. I don't think he replicates what Porter Moser did in getting it into an Oklahoma job. Okay. 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 Yeah. Talk me out of Chris Beard. All we're doing is being excited about Chris Beard at Texas. Okay. Tell me why it's not going to work. Seven years ago, or whenever Shaka was hired, everybody was fired up about it. Right? Texas is back. They're going to be amazing because Shaka's there. Here we are. Texas is not that great. Why is Chris Beard going to be the same way? So okay, so you're just, now this. I, I'm going to preface this by saying this is not my belief. I do think they'll have success. I, I agree. Um, but, but if if it doesn't work out, I think it's just the Texas fans are crazy. And I imagine the boosters are also crazy. I think it's the boosters who really control everything. The administration. Is, yes. Is wrong. And yeah. so if there isn't success, I think it's because of that. Okay. I like that. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because the difference that is... They don't, they don't win as much as yeah. they think they will. Shaka Smart had success at VCU, whereas Chris Beard has had success at a Big 12 school. It's true. He so, has. So he's used to the league. Yeah. He, plus, he was an assistant at Texas. Yes. So I think it'll work out. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I think it'll work out too. I, I like this. I, th- I think this is kind of a fun thought exercise is to say, hey, we, everybody's thinking this way to avoid groupthink. Why won't it work? Mm-hmm. We've already talked about all the reasons it will. He's a terrific coach. He's recruiting at a high level. But like nobody thought that about everybody. We see all these new coaches. We're like, that's a great hire. This team's going to be great, right? They're not all going to be great. Some of them are going to fail. I wonder why. You know, one we haven't gotten into yet, Mike Woodson to Indiana. We talked about Archie Miller. Yeah. But we haven't talked about his replacement at all. What do you, think, what do you think of Mike Woodson to Indiana? I, you know, the way I think about that one is a lot different than the way I thought about it the day it was made, the day the hire was made, right? I don't, I don't know about you, but I thought, Mike Woodson, really? Does he have college coach? I know he's a. He's never, I don't assistant. think he's ever been a college coach. He's been a pretty good NBA coach. He's been a head coach at the NBA level. He's been an assistant at the NBA level. Yeah, I'm seeing no college coaching experience at all. It's all been the NBA, a bunch of assistant jobs, a couple head coaching jobs. Yeah. And so, I don't know. He is six foot five. So now that's worth something. True. He's also an in the family guy. Get this photo on, like just Wikipedia right there, that bald head right in the front there. Man. <laughs> that, is that the ref? I think it's that's what That's what my head's trending towards. I'm scared, man. Yeah, it's, it's getting really thin up top. I don't oh, like boy. it. I'm going to start wearing a hat everywhere I go. Snapback. Snapback night every night. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> but... I mean, he's had, when we talk about winners and losers of just the entire offseason, I don't know how you can not have Indiana as one of kind of the prime winners. Say so you think he is going to, or we've talked about their team construction before. He's done a good job constructing a team for this year. Yes. And we'll see. I mean. Can he recruit? He hasn't had to recruit yet. He's never been a college coach. No, he, he kind of re-recruited his own guys. He got a lot of his own guys to stick around. He did pick up, uh, I believe it was Tamar Bates, who's like a top 40-ish prospect, a really high-end available kid here on, on really short notice, which is hard when these coaches get hired in March or April to get recruits who have already kind of made up their mind about where they want to go, or it's all about kind of the relationships they've got to get a kid that high, high end to come to Indiana is, is impressive. And, and getting Trace Jackson Davis obviously sets him up to be probably pretty good next year, but we've seen a lot of coaches win in maybe their first year. And then it kind of peters out the further into their tenure they get because they just can't keep going with that recruiting. They can't keep roster constructing every year. It's a grind. It is. And he's what, 63 years old. He's coached at the NBA level. At what point do you, does, does maybe he get to a point? Does it happen quickly where he says, what am I doing? Yeah. I don't want this. I'd, I'd rather not continue always doing this. Now he's an Indiana guy. So he's super passionate about the university. So maybe like that, Gets him some extra time, 
Mm-hmm. What's he listed at a weight? 195. Yeah, I, I saw it too. He six. looks thicker he, than that. Yeah, I he know. looks like a hefty guy. Yeah. You know, looks like he would have played like defensive end. I would have guessed like 50 more pounds. Yeah, I would have, I would have said if you would have told me how much he weighs, I would have said, yeah, 240, 250. Yeah. Yeah. Big kid. Not a kid. He's a big, big man. Big dude. Large man. Yes. Um, um, yeah, and uh, it's one of those things where college is very different as far as coaching than the NBA. I remember seeing um, with Coach Calipari, you know, he is a UMass guy. And like before he went to Memphis, he was a coach of the NBA for a very short period of time. Because I remember hearing coach or his players talk about it. He was like like the cheerleader coach, you know, like the rah-rah coach and practices and stuff. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't work in the NBA. So he had to come back to college to find his success again. Yep. So we're gonna see if Mike Woodson can be you know, have success at both college and NBA levels. Yeah, I mean, he's used to coaching professionals, right? He's used to coaching guys who are in their 25 to 35 who maybe you can say different things to and they react to it a different way. They're a little more detached from the relationship with your coach kind of thing. College kids are, are maybe a little different. And, and I know the, the, winds, of, the winds of change are, are kind of blowing in college, but I don't think that's going – I don't think kids' psyches are going to change that much where, you know, you've got you've to gotta cultivate a different kind of relationship with 18 to 22-year-olds than you do with – 30-year-olds, yep. right? So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, Indiana, obviously, he's going to have all the resources he needs. He's going to have rec- he's going to have a fertile recruiting ground. I mean, they can get talented kids, and he's got that NBA background. So, I mean, you'd think it, it could work. I'm going to say it works. I'm going to say it looks really good in a year or two, yep. and then maybe I bet you it, it's a short-lived. I mean, he's 63, so like, how long do we expect him to really do it? I don't know. Is it just kind of he's in there to kind of stabilize Indiana and get them back to being – Good, where maybe in five or six years they can actually hire a, a legitimate, not a legitimate coach, but like a, another, the a next, young, next, a, a next coach that can be there for the next the next something. Bobby Knight. Yeah, basically. sure. Yes. Minus like the chair yeah. throwing and, and choking players. Yeah, and being crazy and yeah. having Coach K as his disciple. True. Who is also crazy? What a crime! That was probably Bobby Knight's greatest, like crime was giving crime us Coach K having Coach K. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All guys. right, sounds good. Later. Bye.